Can you not see me? I cannot see you. Can you not see me? Yes. Perfect. Okay. Hi, everyone, and welcome. We have a very special guest with us today, Jacqueline Tazzi. Welcome. Hi, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It's so great to have you on board. Roland and I have been excited for weeks to talk to you as we are kind of uh, at the end of the first month of the new year. And so much about this year is already about moving in the direction of our dreams, our students' dreams to be healthier and happier in our bodies. And there's no better person than you to talk about that with. Can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and what you do? Oh, well, thank you. That was quite a compliment, first of all. Um, I do a lot of things. <laughs> I my, my favorite thing to do um, is I work with people to coach them on becoming more resilient. Um, and I, I guess we'll talk a little bit more about that. But um, through, um, I guess kind of throughout my life, I've always been, um, you know, really interested in how people work and that's kind of on every level, mentally, emotionally, and physically. And, um, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an actress, a doctor and a lawyer. <laughs> so <laughs> I've always been very interested in how humans work, you know, in every way. And so, you know, throughout my life I have done, you know, a little, little bit of everything. I did some counseling when I was younger and then that kind of moved naturally into um coaching and I work with an organizational psychologist here in Atlanta. Her name is Linda Hoops and her company is Resilience Alliance and so I was trained I was already trained as a coach um and then I was trained on her materials and kind of her methodology and it's just fabulous. And then through some physical stuff I went through, I became certified in the restorative exercise um, from nutritious movement that we all have in common. And um, I'm also in massage school right now. So, oh, and I help run my fiance's business building, (laughs) building e-learning courses and um, web design and development and digital marketing. So, I like to do lots of things. Yeah, what a wealth. What a Mm -hmm. wealth of abilities. And so you help people with resiliency. Maybe for our audience that's not familiar with the terminology, can you explain what resilience is and especially how it relates to our ability to maintain a health-promoting lifestyle? Sure. So resilience has – it's so interesting. It it has so many different connotations for people, which – Uh, I mean, kind of, I've always felt like so many things in our lives are all about perception. And I'll talk about that more later, I'm sure. But, um, you know, my perception when I would hear the word resilient was, you know, they always say babies are so resilient, children are so resilient. um, And the ability to bounce back is kind of what people would think of, or I would think of when I heard that word and working with, um, you know, Linda and the Resilience Alliance stuff, I learned that it's, you know, the way that she really defines it and the way that she um, trains people and and works with people is that resilience is more um, the ability to absorb high levels of change while still being productive. And we we do a lot of work 
specifically at Resilience Alliance with large organizations, um, helping them become more resilient. But ultimately, what that comes down to is the individuals within the organization being resilient. So it really does always kind of come back to personal, you know, and individual resilience. But that that's what I really I really try to help people with is and and how I define resilience is them having energy throughout change because our you know we're we no longer live in this world where they're like major changes and then periods of calm and rest right i mean mm. we have to like we have to seek that out now because life as it is today because of technology and you know of course we mean more than just our computers when we say technology like cars and um you know uh clothing. I mean, all the things that we can define as, you know, quote unquote technology beyond just our electronics. Because of that, we we are constantly dealing with change after change after change after change. And really some of the smaller changes can be more draining for people than like a major life incident, right? Like if you, you know, if you work in an office and they change out the phone system, I mean, that can like very nearly shut down an office because that little change can make such a difference to how people move throughout their day. Mm-hmm. Right. That, I mean, and uh, a glo- as opposed to like a global change that seems, you know, it, it may be a big deal, but it's farther away um, and, and will require less of our energy. So uh, and of course, there's there's all kinds of things that happen in between, you know, changing your phone system and a tsunami in the Philippines. Right. Um, so, so that's really when it, when it comes to resilience as being something that is health promoting, um, that's what I think about is it's being, it's learning how to manage your energy in a way that helps you to stay productive and, and healthy, you know, throughout any kind of change instead of, feeling completely drained and that can just be so so specific to each individual that's that's awesome so thinking about our students and the kinds of people that we help with most people come to us already with a pre-existing whether it's a health condition right or maybe they're just weighed down by extra weight or just the stressors of life or really feeling out of balance mm-hmm. so um, our typical student is aware that they need change And, you know, in the beginning, everyone's excited and the thought of change is exciting and you start this new program and you start to really pay attention to your food and you start to be more mindful about movement. And it's almost like the tank isn't really full in the beginning, but it's more full than two or three weeks into it. So Mm -hmm. do we become less resilient or is it just that we weren't resilient in the first place and we couldn't (laughs) absorb that change? Right. Right. So that, and you already said this, and I was thinking this as you were speaking, you know, when someone comes to me or us, you know, in a place of wanting to make some kind of change to improve their life, there's already been a dozen changes that have already happened. Right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there may have been an actual medical diagnosis or, um, some kind, something has happened to bring them to a place of, I need a major change in my life in order to move forward. And if that's, I mean, sometimes it can be as dire as, you know, in order to live, (laughs) you know, 
Um, but, but always in some case, you know, in order to, to continue to have, um, a life, you know, and have a life that's, that's meaningful to them in some way. So, so I, what I would say is, um, I, I believe that everybody has the seeds of resilience within, um, one of the things that came out of, you know, the, the research that was done by, um, the woman who trained me. And, and I also need to say this, I, by no means is anything I'm saying to you, like these original thoughts that I have had, I have been blessed to be educated and trained and been able to absorb the knowledge of many, many people who have come before me. Um, and I am definitely not an expert, you know, this has been, uh, what I have learned in my little part of the world and, and through my experience. But, um, I, I think that, you know, everybody has those seeds of resilience and, and what we, what I like to help people with is learning how to draw on the energy that they have that most of the time they just don't know they have or don't know how to access. Um, it's very, very similar to like, you know, some of the stuff we talk about in with natural nutritious movement, right? Where, you know, if you've been wearing shoes your whole life, you don't want to go into a barefoot shoe and run a marathon because you'll hurt yourself. It's very similar with resilience where we, we look at the characteristics of resilience as we, as we define them as resilience muscles or change muscles. So what you want to do is if you, when you find that there's something that, maybe is harder for you to access, right? So one of the characteristics is focused. Um, and that's really your ability to prioritize what is important to get you where you want to go so that you can delegate and say no to things that, that are not your highest priorities and say yes to and make time for the things that are. So if that's something that maybe someone has a hard time accessing, what we try to do is to work with them to find ways when things aren't on red alert um, and, and when you're not in the midst of some major change to learn how to access that muscle and to exercise that muscle so that when they really need to call on it, they know how to. Um, so that that's what I would say, you know, as far as someone, you know, is someone resilient or not resilient or do we lose resilience? I think it's just more about energy. And I think it's just more about how we use our energy that increases or decreases our resilience and our ability to absorb change. Can I ask a clarifying question? Of course. When you say energy, do you mean our ability to be productive and to be efficient and to... It's, it's almost like, to, to me, it's like life force. Like you wake up with this many points. It's like a computer game, right? You wake mm -hmm. up with this many points of life force today. Mm -hmm. And what often, I don't know if that's a, a correct metaphor in, in, the, in, in the area that you're speaking about, but it's almost like if you, I'm thinking of our students, right? We have like right now, we're in the midst of a 30-day program. And the right. program is pretty much the same every day. Like you have three meals, you do this little movement break throughout the day. You try to walk. You try to sleep uh, and manage stress. And it's kind of like the same thing every day. But you don't wake up with the same life force every day. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And so if for whatever reason something comes sideways and 
like you have a sick child at home or there's a big change at work or your in-laws drop in without calling, what happens to your life force that day and the, your energy points and can you continue on the track? Do you have enough given your system to continue on the track that you said yes to a month ago? Right. Yes, I, I would say yes, that life force is a great term for it. Um, I, what I talk about with people is spiritual, emotional, and physical, um, energy or, or I'm sorry, mental, emotional, and physical and spiritual energy, because I think, I think they can all be very different. You know, um, I think that I, I can, I can have energy to go, you know, walk for a few miles, but my brain could be total mush <laughs> from, noodling on something from the day before and then vice versa, you know, I could wake up feeling really mentally sharp, um, but feel physically kind of drained because of something that I did the day before. So I think it's really, um, it's based on whatever adversity or, or change or whatever you're looking at, it's going, which tank is not full, you know, and how much, of this energy do you have? But I think we could also look at them all together, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which is kind of what you're talking about, uh, like a life force kind of thing where like all of those energies being full is, you know, would, would be a, an ultimately a great goal. But like you said, it's, it's starting to become more aware also of me and how I use my energy. And, and uh, you know, if I, do feel drained emotionally, then how can I leverage my physical and mental energy to help maybe build that back up? So, mm. it's right. Al- so- it's, it's almost like Roland, what's the word in English when you have these vessels connected and they're all pouring into each other? There's, it's a thing in physics, you guys, when you, that's when my English starts to go. It's a thing in physics where you can connect you can have separate containers or the containers can be connected. And if you fill one with liquid, the liquid disperses equally throughout. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that there's a... There's a special word in my native language for it? this. I, I can't speak Bulgarian on our podcast. We'll just say the word. It's called skaceni sudove. For those people who speak Bulgarian, you guys are way ahead of the well, game. Well, maybe one of our Bulgarian listeners will pipe in and tell us what the word is. That'll be awesome. Yes. So that's the yes. task. Hey, you guys get a book if you figure it out. So... <laughs> Our latest book is going to fly your way on an airplane if you figure it out. So it's almost like from what I'm hearing, you can refuel from a place where you're stronger in right now. Like you can have a really strong spiritual core and that can sustain you through something where maybe your physical body. And we see that throughout our lives when our physical body is not necessarily up to par for the challenge Our spiritual body can move us along, or emotional body, or a connection body, like connecting with other people. Mm-hmm. That's very helpful. I have a beautiful image in my head right now. Oh, so, good. So my question for you is, all this amazing knowledge that you have, how can we practically make our resolutions or solutions or intentions for the new year, how can we use what you know to make better resolutions for the new year that work instead of giving up like mid February. <laughs> right. Well, gosh, I have so many answers to that question and some of them contradict each other, which is the story of my life. Um, I, you know, first and foremost, I, and not just because I am one, uh, 
I believe if you've got, if you've got some goals that are really important to you and, um, some changes you want to make in your life that are, you know, a, a big deal and, uh, will, you know, benefit your quality of life and et cetera, et cetera. I, I am 100% behind. You've got to hire a coach, um, or a therapist, you know, or a, a psychologist. I, I think that that really comes down to figuring out, you know, what you feel like you need. You know, I have had points in my life where I have had coaches and I have points in my life where I have had therapists and mm. what I get from them are very different things, but all equally as important for me, um, based on what's going on in my life. And I just think to be successful, you've, you've got to have somebody like that, that you can go to. And I have a, you know, that's not to say that, um, like your friends can't be supportive, but it has been my experience that, I mean, my friends are super, I, I, I'm biased, I know, but I think I have the best friends on the planet and they are super supportive and can give me lots of great insight. But what has worked the best for me is when I have someone who is objective and their primary goal is to help me get where I want to be. And, and again, not that my friends or family don't want that for me, but um, that that's not that's not their primary goal. And that's OK, <laughs> you know, because they they need to, you know, take care of their own lives and their own stuff. So I, anybody that, um, that asks me, you know, what's the best way to reach a goal? The first thing I say is get somebody who's 100% on your team, mm. uh, that can help you. And, um, you know, if it's heavy stuff, you need somebody who's got the education, you know, to, to help you work through that. You know, um, I, I just think that that's so, so important. Um, and beyond that, I think it's, you know, once you've got that, because that also provides some accountability, which for me is really important. I am a master of talking myself out of things and I'm really good at it. Um, I have, mm -hmm. I can come up with some really, really good reasons to stop doing something <laughs> that make total sense, you know? Um, and it's always helpful to have someone go, yeah, I, that sounds great, but I think you should probably keep doing it. And here's why. Um, so that's super helpful. And then, and I think you've got to look at, um, at goals and dreams because I think there's, you know, there's this line between like, okay, yes, we need to be, I think we've got to be practical and logical, you know, like if you're, um, if you're making $50,000 a year and your goal for this year is to make a million, um, I think you've really got to take a step back and look at if that's, if that's even possible <laughs> for you. But I am also a huge proponent of dream big. Why not? You know, why not? Um, but I, you know, I think that we've really got to set realistic goals for ourselves. And if they are gigantic goals, um, that may not seem realistic. I think we've got to set little, uh, mile markers, you know, along the way to say, okay, um, how close am I to this? And, and what are some smaller goals I can set for myself that are leading up to this gigantic one? And am I okay if the gigantic one doesn't happen? And if I'm not, then why? And, you know, like, I just love to really drill down to all of that kind of stuff with myself and with the people that I work with, because, you know, sometimes someone will say to me, like, you know, I've got this 
this goal, because um, I work with a lot of people uh, who have business goals, who come to me for, you know, career kind of stuff. And so money comes up a lot, which is totally normal and fine. And I will say, okay, so before we set this goal for you financially for this year, let's talk, what does that mean? Like, what does it really mean? Let's get down to if, so when you reach this financial goal, what does that look like to you? And what's really important about that? And so in dissecting it that way, I think you also find um, other goals too, you know, like, well, it means that I could, you know, set aside this much money for my son's education. And it means that I could get, um, you know, this, I could spend more money on my health and I could get this car for my wife. Like there's always things behind those big gigantic goals that I love to really get into and, and see, okay, so, um, and, and then look at like, even drill down even farther into, okay, so what is that? What does that mean? Like what, it, you know, like what is that going to bring you? And, um, and I think that being able to be realistic and really drill down to what it is that you want and really like start to learn more about yourself is, I think those are some of the, the most important things in, um, you know, any resolution or goal that you have, um, whenever it starts, you know, um, yeah. if it's the beginning of the year or whenever, but, you know, I think it's, I think it's just important to, um, be really honest with yourself about why you want the thing that you want and, um, and figure out like how you're going to get there and, and, and baby steps, <laughs> you know, like little bites, because it's so easy to set these, these massive goals for ourselves and yeah, burn out by February, right. you know? So, and, so just to sum up as resolutions come in the beginning of the year or any sort of a thing you want to get to a goal right. or a milestone, being realistic, getting some help and accountability when possible and then really going deeper in relationship with yourself to find when you get there, what does that do for you? And then what? And then what is that going to bring you? And I find that when we really drill down into it, most of us just want a more peaceful, more fulfilled life. Yeah. And oftentimes when we have a health hurdle or we're not taking care of ourselves well, that takes us farther and farther away from that fulfillment and peace and just kind of like, a, you know, having a life of meaning deep inside, all of us want that. And how sad when we haven't taken the half an hour or an hour, and it doesn't take a long time to sit down and make a plan that's realistic. Mm -hmm. And how sad when we are stuck in the sort of habitual, been there, done that, you know, I'm just going to mm -hmm. fail this time too. And, you know, it's, there's a part of us that is almost like a, like a heavenly part that's always dreaming and always optimistic and always mm -hmm. wants change. And there's a part of us that's really the part that's been beaten by this life. And oftentimes we'll go there and we'll justify why our lives can be better and why mm -hmm. we'll fail and why they'll never work. And as soon as I hear that bitterness or self-defeat in my students, I'll actually call it out. 
Mm-hmm. And I'll say, that's that thing. It's that thing. Mm-hmm. Who's talking now? And it's really, really helpful to get to mm-hmm. know yourself. And Roland and I right now in our in our January program have really spoken out about this is about you relating to yourself. Yes. And not all self-knowledge is good news. It's mm-hmm. a quote, not my words. Not my right. words. Right. Who's the na- Who's the lady in um, with Jane Fonda in um, Grace? Oh, uh, Lily, Lily Tomlin. Tomlin. It's Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin says, "Not all self knowledge is good news," and I love that <coughs> right. quote because mm-hmm. you imagine that you're going to start this program and it's all going to be unicorns and ponies and rainbows, and it's all like bugs and slugs and stuff, and and that's right. and that's okay, and that's okay. <laughs> That's why we're here to support people. I'm so happy we can have this conversation. Roland, do you want to ask the next one? We've divvied them up. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the pitfalls that people that you see when people are uh, coming up with health-related goals? Oh, well, um, most mostly what I was talking about is when they uh, – to, to, big of goals. <laughs> um, and you know, where someone will go, oh, I'm going to lose a hundred pounds in you know, three months or whatever. Um, and I know, I mean, for sure I have been guilty of, um, I'll get, you know, I'll, I'll have a health goal that I want to reach or a new, you know, a, a kind of like a lifestyle change. And cause I don't, you know, I, I used to do when I was a kid, I did every diet under the sun. And so I don't do that anymore. It's more like, you know, I just want to eat differently or I want to try paleo or I want to try whatever. Um, and I will eat like that for a day or two and not lose 20 pounds and be like, well, it's not working, (laughs) you know, And it's not always conscious, you know, it's, it, what I will find is I will, you know, I'll, I'll do something for a couple days and I'll feel really good. And then on the third day, I'm like, "Mm, I really want pizza though. And then I'm eating pizza and then I'm eating whatever, you know, whatever things that I was trying to move out of my, (laughs) my diet. And I'm like, wait, how did that happen? You know, I mean, we have such we have such great ability to deceive ourselves. It's one of my favorite things about human beings. Um, I think one of the things, like one of the things that I've noticed is that you come up with some, not you, but one comes up right, with some sort right. of a, a goal, usually a lofty goal. And subconsciously, you know that you haven't set that goal, that goal appropriately. And, it might take a couple of days in this case or weeks or months before like before, you know, everything kind of uh, you have sort of a come to Jesus meeting subcon- with your subconscious. Right. 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 <laughs> and like when I was initially losing weight, like way back when I would go a month or two and I would lose some weight and then I would realize that maybe um, like maybe I had chosen something that was, you know, inconsistent with my with my actual goal or with actual my actual desires. And then as soon as you start to realize that, you're like, well, why am I, why am I going to, why am I doing all this stuff that's so hard if it's not even getting me to the thing that I really want? Right. Like, um, like I would lose weight, but I would still be like, well, I'm still going to be shy. I'm still not going to be able to talk to that girl. Yeah. Um, you know, so then I'm like, well, so then what's the point of being this hungry every day? Right. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I think you can kind of, so it's almost like you have to, to dig, what is the, dig down a little deeper with yourself. Like, what is the root of your, what is the root of your goal and how can right. I frame it in a, in a way that allows me to succeed and actually see the things that I'm doing on a regular basis, um, see the connection. You know, right. See the direct connection rather than this sort of uh, amorphous thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a good time to kind of talk a little bit maybe about emotional health and, you know, that like so often there's, you know, it's, it's like an iceberg, right? On top, it's like I want to lose weight and I really want to be more active with my kids. I want to, you know, have a, a more, I want to have more energy or more focus at work. But under it, there's there's emotional icebergs that are floating, and we we can set ourselves up for success or we can set ourselves up for failure. Mm -hmm. And I just want you to talk a little bit about how emotional and mental and physical health are connected. Oh my gosh! Well, this would have to be a much longer podcast if I was <laughs> in in like an elevator speech kind of way. Yes, absolutely. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so connected. And that's why I think um, it's so important to have someone to talk to through all this stuff. And, you know, when Roland was talking about um, what came up for him when he was losing weight, I I had some very similar stuff when I was younger. Um, I had, you know, I mean, I look back at pictures of me now and I'm like, why did I think I needed to lose weight? But of course, you know, I was in my 20s and... I, I was, I'm almost six feet tall and I've never been a petite person. Um, and I didn't, you know, I was obsessed with, you know, I had to look like whatever supermodel was out at the time. And so I, I did lose some weight and, um, I, you know, I was feeling really good about myself and, um, I started to notice men noticing me, um, and like, you know, I think I was like early twenties, so the men that were noticing me were older. Um, at least it seemed that way to me because I still felt like I was, you know, 16, but I was aware that I was a grown woman <laughs> basically. Um, and, but it was like all of a sudden I was being noticed by, uh, the kind of men, honestly, that I had always wanted to be noticed by. And it made me really uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and I, it was like, this emotional like roadblock, you know? Um, and I just, I remember I had, um, uh, you know, kind of like a coach at the time. And I remember talking to her and telling her like, uh, you know, on one hand, there was a part of me that got very egotistical and arrogant about it. And I don't like that. That made me uncomfortable. And on the other hand, it just flat out made me uncomfortable. Like, what does he want from me? You know, like all this stuff came up and we, you know, we got to talk about some things that had happened to me when I was younger. Um, and I, I got to kind of work through that and go, Oh, it's, you know, it's okay. Like it's okay to be attractive and it's okay to feel good about yourself. But it was, it, I, I always think about that now when, um, you know, if I put on weight or if I lose weight or whatever, it, you know, I'm always very interested in, you know, is there anything emotional going on here? You know, and so all of that is to say, I really do. I really do think 
um, that there, there could be some emotional stuff going on. And I, you know, one of the things I'm always saying to my clients is it's always good. It's always good. Um, you know, something that I think has happened in popular culture and that I hear a lot from people is, um, well, I was bad today and I ate this, or I was mm. good today and I did ate or did this. And so that will, and I, and I catch it with myself too. You know, I hear people say, well, I had a bad feeling or I had a bad thought and I'm like, I just don't think it's bad. Mm. You know, I think it's just, I think it's just a thought or it's just a feeling or it's just a a thing. And I think it's all good because it's all a part of who you are. You know, if we were all walking around without any kind of, <laughs> you know, um, weird agendas or whatever, you know, we, we have as human beings, we wouldn't be human beings. It would be this weird world of robotic entities that was always, I don't know, <laughs> in a good mood <laughs> and right. which you know, could be great. But I just think, I think the absolute essence of being human is that we're human, you know, and we have weird, crazy stuff that we think and feel and, um, it's all good, you know? So that that's why I think some of that stuff is so, you know, why I think there's such a connection, um, between the emotional and mental and physical is, um, because I think that your, your thoughts and your feelings can definitely dictate or, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like stop you, you from taking action. Yeah. They determine kind of the direction that, that you move in. Yeah. And, um, oftentimes what, what I find is that, you know, the, the deeper you, you come into yourself, the more discomfort you're going to come up against. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain, and this is where resiliency comes in, where you need to have some discomfort tolerance. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and our culture has made it look like it's all going to be yummy shakes and beautiful abs. And, uh, you know, you're going to be right. out there with your four kids in incredible shape. And there is this sugary coating on what health looks like to the eye and that's not that what the media right. has sold right. us is an absolutely unrealistic image of what it looks like a what it looks like to be healthy b what it looks like to be taking care of yourself right and so we have a you know this idea that's really photoshopped Mm-hmm. And really, you know, whatever the mental, emotional, psychological version of Photoshop is, they've done that too somehow. <laughs> right, yeah. And so now we're up against this unrealistic image of, you know, the super mom or whatever it is. And I never want any of those women to be my friend, by the way. I'm sorry if I'm being judgmental. But I'm like, no, don't talk to me, super mom. Um, it's, it becomes so unrealistic that, you faced with your own humanness and right. all that it is in all of, you know, our, our imperfections, we, we tend to be very harsh on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's where, you know, I'm thinking in the future, one of my next courses will be all about self, you know, self-acceptance and self-compassion through, through trying right. to be healthy. Cause it's a, it's a constant process of forgetting and remembering, forgetting and remembering, um, yeah. and, and putting ourselves back on track. So if somebody was starting right now, 
like they've just had a wake up call. Oh my God, all I've thought about was lettuce and chicken breast, but apparently there's more to it. Um, sweetie, do you want to ask the next question? I feel like she already answered that. She probably already <laughs> have so many questions for you, but, <laughs> but people are just, you know, starting up, starting up. What are some ways to build resiliency, build capacity? Um, and you said that there's seven different areas that you look at. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, what are some simple maybe daily tools or daily rituals or daily habits that one can develop to start building up their resiliency? Right. Well, and um, one of the things I did not say earlier when I was talking about how to, you know, stay consistent and, and reach your goals is um, it's OK to stop. Just start again. <laughs> That's one thing I say to people all the time, like, oh, so you stopped doing that. OK, why? OK. Do you want to start again? And, you know, and, and, and the other thing I think is super important about all of that too, is it's okay to change your mind. Um, I've had goals that halfway there I've gone, Oh, I don't want that. I want this. And like you were saying with our society and it's weird, um, perfectionist OCD thing, people get scared to say like, I don't want that anymore. You know, if you make this big deal about this goal that you're going after and you're posting about it on Instagram every day and then (laughs) six weeks in, you're like, oh, I don't that's not what I want anymore. People get scared to say that, you know, and so they'll sabotage themselves somehow. But that's something I am always telling people is you can change your mind and you can it doesn't even have to be like you've gone from this goal to this goal. You can go, I just don't want that anymore. and I don't know what I want. Um, That's a goal in itself, you know. Um, but, but anyway, I, I think, you know, some of the stuff that, that is really good to do daily. Well, I mean, first I think you've got to find like what your thing is, you know, um, I go through phases with journaling and writing and things like that. Um, sometimes I love to journal and write. Sometimes I do not. Sometimes it's more, um, like I like to do some meditative stuff. It, it just depends. But I think, Finding something you can do some way to just go through your day on a daily basis, even if it's, you know, you take a bath every night before you go to bed or um, you take the dog out for a walk and you spend some time kind of going back over your day, whatever works for you, Um, because I think we can get so bogged down in. I forgot about this and I need to do this and this didn't work right. You know, it's so easy to think about the things that aren't working right because you know, ultimately we think we need to just fix it all. Like I've got to do it all. And so if I forget about the things I need to fix, I won't fix them. And I think it's important to focus on the good things that are happening, even if they're not associated with a goal. Um, I think it's important to, to just to spend some time focusing on the positive. Um, I don't mean, you know, all day, every day, stick your head in the sand, et cetera, et cetera. But I think we need to spend some time, you know, going like, well, this was cool, you know? Um, and even more so, I think it's important for us to, to give ourselves credit for the things we did that were good that day. Um, because it's easy to go like, Oh, you know, Linda in accounting was so nice to me today. And she totally took care of this thing. And, Um, and think about all the great things that are going on around us and stop and go, I was, you know, I brought my husband 
breakfast in bed this morning and it really made him happy. And like really look at the things that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, the times that I've made the most progress with myself and self-love and compassion is when I've really focused on what did I do that I am happy about and grateful for today? And what other things am I grateful for? <laughs> you know, but really giving myself some of that, I think that um, that's super important. And, and scheduling, I think, um, you know, because motivation can be so fleeting, especially in the beginning um, of any kind of change that you want to make. And I mean, this could be a whole other discussion too. resistance, like resistance is important. Resistance is absolutely an imperative part of any change you're making. If you are not experiencing resistance, something is wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> we don't like resistance by any, by any means, but the, the, uh, if you're not experiencing resistance, it means that there's no commitment and there's no, there's no true understanding of what you are moving towards and that it might be uncomfortable, scary, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think knowing that, I think it's important to go, you know, first of all, have these um, kind of points along the way of your goal and scheduling things that will get you there. You know, even if it's just, I'm going to spend an hour, um, you know, if you're writing a book, I'm going to spend an hour with all I'm going to focus on is writing something. It may not be my book. It may be a story about my dog, but I'm going to spend an hour in front of my computer with nothing on, no TV, no internet, you know, shut it all down and just focus on writing for that hour, you know? Um, and because you're going to have resistance, you're not going to feel motivated all the time, but if you've got these things, you know, set up, and time set up to focus on those things, I think then you start to build the momentum. And I think a lot of times the motivation comes after you started, (laughs) you know, because you see, oh, I did this, this, and this, and you feel really good about it. And then you're like motivated to keep doing it. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's all about learning to steep in the few good feelings and something that we do in our Facebook discussion group for our courses is we try to get people to reflect on what they're glad they did. What are you glad that you did today? Like, is there a particular action, whether it's, you know, you packed your food or, you know, you ate a bunch of chocolate, but you didn't, you know, you were, you were, you savored it. Are you glad that you savored it? Whatever it is, what is that thing that you're glad that you did? Because we're so harsh on ourselves and it's really there's like a drill sergeant mentality in so many of us in, in how we have learned to relate to our bodies and mm, to food mm-hmm. and mm. a lot of like militant, really, really harsh self-treatment. And so it's a big paradigm shift. It's a big, it's a different way of relating to self and you have to learn how to do it and it's going to be uncomfortable. And in the beginning, I have some of my students that are like, I feel like it's like bragging Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, we'll brag. Like, why, right. you know, well, what's wrong with bragging? Well, you yeah. shouldn't really, you shouldn't really talk about your accomplishments. I'm like, well, and, and who That's will? Like, who, like, and who will if you don't, right? right. There's like this diminishing of, of our successes that we do in our head. Well, that other person, and there's comparing. Oh, well, look at that other person. They lost three pounds and I haven't. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as I see comparing and judgment, I just call it out. We'll just name it. Judging, mm-hmm. comparing. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now what? Yeah. And so it loses its power over you. Well, yeah, and, you know, the you know the best way to not compare yourself to people, right? Say it. Don't do it. <laughs> I'm going to write this down. You know, I used to be, I mean, that was like, oh God, there was a time in my life where I just could barely get out of the bed in the morning because all I did was compare myself to people Mm. all the time. And I had this friend that went, Jacqueline, you just have to stop doing that. And I was like, oh, sure. That's easy for you to say, you know? And I went to, I remember I went out that night with some friends and I saw this woman and she was gorgeous and, and skinny and she had these cool jeans and, you know, whatever. And I started doing the, uh, I'm so fat and she looks so much better than I do. And I just went, okay, just stop. And I stopped and I was like, oh, that worked. <laughs> and so now when people are like, how do I stop comparing myself? I'm like, it's really, really simple. You just don't do it. You just, you just have to stop yourself, you know, and there's, it, I, and again, I think, you know, supporting, having someone, having lots of support is helpful, but at some point, you know, I, I had to take responsibility for my thoughts and stop allowing myself to be a victim of them and just say, okay, just stop. And it, you know, that works in so many other ways, but anyway, go ahead. Have you ever seen that video of uh, Bob Newhart as the, it's like a, the five minute therapist? No. And, but I love Bob Newhart. And it's um, this this patient comes in and he says, oh, here's how I work. It's, it's five dollars for five minutes. And, <laughs> and I don't take credit cards, you know, whatever. And she goes, well, um, he goes, I just take cash and I don't make change. He's like, um, well, I have ten minutes. I have ten dollars. She goes, well, I guess I can do ten minutes, but I really don't need ten minutes. But whatever, I don't make change. So he sits down. She goes, what? Well, tell me your problem. He goes, well, I just feel like I'm like trapped in this like a box, and I'm like being buried alive. And he goes, have has has that ever happened to you? No. Is there any chance you're actually going to be buried alive or buried in a box? Well, no. And he goes, okay, I'm going to give you this simple. Simple, simple advice, but I, I need the five dollars first. So you give me five dollars because stop it. <laughs> she goes, What? He goes, Stop it. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Just stop thinking of these things. <laughs> and he's basically like, I can go on for the next five minutes if you want, but I think we're pretty much done here. <laughs> so awesome. I love him. So good. For me, um, there were a couple of things that were very helpful with comparing. One of them was my teacher, Steve Hoskinson, saying, you don't have to believe everything you think, mm-hmm. which was an incredible permission Yes. to go, what? Like, you mean my, my thoughts, that my brain is secreting thoughts, like my glands are secreting hormones, but I don't have to believe those, right? Right. That was incredible permission. And the second thing was one of one of my favorite pastors, an incredibly wise man, said, you know, like all of us are in this this orchestra together and we're all playing this symphony and you have your instrument. And all God's asking of you is to step into this earth and pick up your instrument and play. And it mm-hmm. almost doesn't matter how you play 
as long as you play your instrument how you play your instrument. Right. And if you choose to pick, to drop your instrument on the ground and walk away from the stage and not play, no one's going to pick up your instrument and play it for you. Mm-hmm. And it's not your job to go to other people's instruments and take their instruments out of your hands and try to play them. You have your thing and the best you can do is show up and play it. And that to me, between him and Steve, I had incredible permission to hold my thing and play it the way I can, which no one else can play my instrument the way mm-hmm. I can. And that's not something anyone can argue. And it, it doesn't matter your you know, your religious beliefs or whatever it is you subscribe to in this life, no one can do your life the way you can do your life. And you can't do your life the way others do theirs. It's practically impossible. And it's incredible how simple it is. And that I, I didn't get to learn this till my mid thirties. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But incredible permission. So with your permission and giving our students permission to not believe their thoughts right stop roland just saving people thousands of dollars in therapy yes way to go roland hey that's byron katie's work you know the whole like is it true yeah right like the the woman just revolutionized beliefs with the simple question is it true except there with could it be (laughs) that's ancient aliens oh sorry (laughs) Could it be easy to confuse the two? Could it be that our ancient ancestors dropped this perfect piece of marble? If there's one in a million chance that it's true, it changes everything. (laughs) Apparently, we've watched too many uh, ancient aliens. (laughs) But to, to just give people permission to be as they are and embrace themselves as they are and build on their strengths to kind of pull the energy they need for change and if they feel like they don't have it to reach out to you to us to coaches and therapists and in their area so they can move forward in the direction of their dreams tell Mm -hmm. us how people can find you and how they can take advantage of your incredible work maybe take your resiliency test which i really (gasps) had fun taking isn't it so much fun oh i'm incredible Yes. Um, well, and the other thing I just want to throw out there because this is this has been I, pr- I think pretty obvious throughout our conversation is you, you also have to have a sense of humor. You've got to have a sense of humor about yourself. You've got to laugh at yourself. It's so important. All but anyway. day long. All day long. Yes. And then you yes. marry someone funny too. That's cool too. Yes, that is very so helpful. So he can laugh at you. So he can laugh at you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, Please do so. Not- you can find me. My website is uh, movethyself.com. So it's M O V E T H Y S E L F, all one word, dot com. Uh, and the other place that I always like to send people to that's got some great resources and um, about to have an article about you, Galina, Yay. is uh, myresiliencegym.com, all one word. Um, that's where, that's one of the, the terms that was coined by, um, the woman who trained me is, you know, the world is your resilience gym, you know, instead of looking at things like they are, 
um, these horrible things or, you know, things to get over or deal with or fix or et cetera, et cetera. All the words that we, we use, um, look at it as, you know, a resilience gym and a place to exercise your change muscles. So, um, some great, uh, free resources over there. And we're going to be adding definitely some, um, like online courses and we're working on a survey that is for, um, more specific to individuals. The, the one that you took Galena, which is fabulous, but it's really geared more towards career business stuff. Um, I definitely, uh, you know, when I use it with people, even if they're not coming to me for that kind of work, you know, it's, I, I can translate it more to like, you know, day to day, um, just kind of regular life stuff. But we, we really want to come up with one that, um, is more geared that way. So, so yeah, um, move thyself.com. I'm on Facebook. Um, my Facebook page is move thyself and Twitter and Instagram, I think are both also move thyself. And you guys, we're going to put all this in the show notes. So if, um, your thighs are not, um, well, you know, oiled on the keyboard, it'll be easy to just click and, and go there. Right. Yeah. I love, I love your domain name and your, your brand name. It, it makes me think about all the all the ways that we move ourselves inside and yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. It's very cool. Yeah. Movement is not just about your body. I think, you know, yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd like to move your soul as well. Yeah. There you go. There you go. It's been just such an honor to have you on. Uh, oh, I would you. love to do another podcast and talk a little bit more about chronic illness mm-hmm. um, and, and just handling the really big challenges of what is it like when your body feels like it's really giving out on you where your physical capacity is really almost zero. Uh, yes, and, um, I speak to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving, I'm leaving you with that, uh, invitation to, mm-hmm. um, just get together and delve deeper in there and, um, just really, really touch on that. I think it's important. Cool. I would love to do that. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. So much fun. Cool. And have a uh, have a wonderful day, and we look forward to talking to you next about uh, even more. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Eat Move Live Fifty Two podcast. If you liked what you heard today, go out to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play and leave us a rating and a review. It helps people just like you find our show.